today's segment is going to be a very simple question. And that is, are the 49ers going to repeat as NFC West champions? Now, as you can imagine, I believe that they will indeed repeat as NFC West champions. However, my uh, idiot friend over here... Yes, well, I think you are wrong. I think the Seattle Seahawks will take the NFC West this year. And I say that mainly for one reason, and that reason is Matt Flynn. I am in love with Matt Flynn. Welcome to this edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, cue the boys to men, ladies and gents, because it is indeed the end of the road for the Better Rivals Podcast. So join us, reminisce, and hear our abbreviated off-season plan. And with me this week, the final week, lacing them up one more time, it's David Newman. Wow. Lacing them up one more time, man. Uh, one last time, yeah. One more time, time, one last time. It's like the it's like a Hamilton song all up at the end. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll talk a little bit about that first, and then we'll talk about offseason plans and some other associated questions that I've been thinking about <laughs> here uh, on on the Discord. But uh, yeah, but yeah, ten years. Uh, I, I was actually listening to the very very first episode, like the very first pre David episode. Wow, and uh, and it uh, it was rough. <laughs> it's it not good there's 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 no way around it it was not good at all that was like r- r- off season between 2011 2012 seasons right that's exactly right uh i might actually do like a uh a cold open of my of my intro the, the fun fact about that episode the uh, i lived in a in a you know one bedroom apartment at that time and the acoustics were best underneath my desk <laughs> and and we all we all we had was a uh, a snowball mic like one of those like white snowball mics. Yeah. I mean it was it was bad. It was very very bad. Richard and I were sharing the mic, and the, I mean the acoustics were the best in that spot. But I mean, it's, I mean it's they not. were good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was bad. It was bad. But you know. We, I think you joined a little bit after that, after you came back from your deployment. And then uh, over the course yeah. of 10 years, man, we built something pretty fun. Yeah, nearly. Ne- I mean, look, we're going to we're gonna cheat it a little bit, round up. I don't think we, we officially hit the 10. I definitely didn't hit the 10-year the mark. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's crazy. It's been a huge, huge part of our lives for a decade. And uh, yeah. it's, it's fucking wild. Well, well, we'll get into the sentimental stuff at the very, very end. But let's let's talk some 49ers ball here for a second. We usually do these really long, involved, intricate off-season pods. Um, <laughs> so instead of doing that, we're going to do it all in, uh, well, one episode. So let's get started. Uh, <laughs> positions to target. You're looking at how the Niners finished. You're looking at how they built this team. And, and you're looking at their philosophy in building the team where where do you need to bolster the talent of this team, especially considering that they're you know going into the offseason with an extra $20 million potentially after Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded and no first-round picks, but a pretty good glut of picks in the middle of you know the, the rounds, like rounds two, three, uh, four, and maybe even an additional you know third or maybe even you know, second-round pick if the Washington commies decide they want to shell out a little extra. <laughs> 
for for our man Jimmy Garoppolo. So so where where do you target? What positions you're like? Give, give me some of that. Man, I think it's been the same for for several seasons now, right? I think you're you're looking in the secondary and you're looking in the interior of the offensive line. I think those are the two kind of clear spots that that need some help and and need some players. I think there are some some other spots you could look to that are you know I think a bit further down the list, but yeah, I think offensively you look outside of quarterback which which obviously they're they're not really going to be bringing anybody in new significant in all likelihood there i mean you're you're looking at trey lance coming in barring some sort of crazy weird trade scenario or brady coming in or you know something like that 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 i don't think is is entirely expected but offensively you're pretty much set uh, at the skill positions and, and everything's looking good there it's just the interior of that line that is is kind of the weak link and then and uh, on the other side of the ball, on the defense side, it's the secondary, right? I think the front has shown that that they're very good. I mean, this, especially along the defensive line, if you can keep those top guys healthy, they've shown that they can find guys to come in and be the rotational pieces and add the depth there and, and still be able to get some production from them. And so I think, yeah, largely with the front and Warner leading the linebacker group, you're going to be fine. But they they need bodies. They need some quality players on the back end. Yeah, I think it's got to be. I don't know if they'll spend a high draft pick on a secondary player, but especially in that that third round area is where I feel like they like to target secondary for whatever reason. And and I mean they've got their third round pick, uh, the ninety third overall. They've got a compensatory for Mike McDaniel's. They traded their compensatory, their second of three compensatories away uh, to Miami in the trade up to get Trey Lance. But they've got two third round picks, a fourth round pick. And who knows? Maybe they strike gold in the fifth round. Um, it would not surprise me if if they do go with a pass rusher in the second round because that's what this team does. But I mean, I think that that's still not yeah, it's not the, the worst thing in the whole wide world considering they're going to need someone to replace D Ford. Right. I, um, I think exactly like they they may very well go other areas because we know the philosophy for how they want to build things and, and just what is the focus for them. And and so they may continue to just think that they can kind of skate by at these positions that we've been hammering as, as needs for a long time. But uh, yeah, so I don't think it would be surprising at all if they went to pass rusher with their top pick again in the draft. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is at what point, you know, this is now probably the third year in a row that we've said some version of interior line and, and cornerbacks. And and yet, this is the third year in a row, Richard Sherman, you know, and, and that free agent, really coup notwithstanding, that they've fielded a, you know, top 10 defense. I guess the the two years ago or three years ago probably wouldn't have been, uh, well, no, because that was 2019. Uh, and then last year under Sala, they had a, a solid defensive performance. I think they ended up top 10 in terms of EPA per play. This year, they do something similar. Uh, at what point, I think, do we say what they're doing, whether it be through scheme or an emphasis on the defensive line, is enough to get them into that kind of top 10 defense conversation, which is where you, you really need to be? Yeah, I, I think it's it depends on what you're you're trying to do right i think if you if, if you look at what they've been these last three seasons and you're thinking to yourself like okay it's enough we had two pretty successful years within that three-year span and and had some deep playoff runs in those seasons and so maybe like we we think that that's good enough like i would look at it and say that like 
we're falling short, right? And and these problems, while yes, you may be able to get through if you're if you're okay at the quarterback position, right? In this offense, we we know that they're going to be uh, at least a competitive team, and, and so barring that. If you feel like that's going to be okay with with Lance, like, and and you're just able to like, you know, skate by at these positions, like, I don't know, like, it, it doesn't seem like it's working. It's not enough for you to to get deep into the playoffs and and I think make a, a serious push at, at being a contender, right? Every time they go up against the top end teams, that's where they run into problems with this stuff. And and so, yeah, it may not be a big deal during the regular season. They, they may be able to still pile up a decent amount of wins with, with that uh, type of approach, but yeah, I don't think it's, it's really going to benefit them and, and get them kind of over the hump, so to speak. Yeah, I think when I think about it, to me, it's, it's a matter of you, you've already got a strength in the way the defense is designed and its ability to execute and, and, and the coach's ability to kind of change some things up and dial some things up depending on the competition. What wouldn't be helped by having a really good cornerback that, to, to help make a play when sometimes the scheme doesn't succeed? When for one reason or another, you go up against another offensive coach that can also scheme just as well or when you know a, a player just makes a play a quarterback escapes and throws it deep it'd be really nice to have a cornerback that isn't going to get roasted um, or get a pi or something like that so it doesn't hurt to have good players and i think if i'm the 49ers and i'm thinking to myself organizationally we'd rather spend resources at pass rusher it's like i i know that i that i have some of those pa- i know that i already have some of those those horses there why not try to get you know, whether it be in free agency or uh, in the draft, you know, another really, really good corner. Um, and and that's do you think that they should target corner in? Because I think that, that the way the team is built and the way the team kind of shows their preferences for how to build stuff, I think they'll go after a corner in free agency and, and not necessarily go after one in the draft. They should probably do both. Um, but they probably feel good about Ambry Thomas. Whether or not they should is, is a slightly different story. He got better. But hell, Akella Witherspoon had, had a good rookie season. And, and he ended up, you know, not, not being on the team just a few years later. So I'm curious if they go after free agency, um, and whether or not they'll pay someone like Stephon Gilmore or, um, you know, Rasul Douglas, who I don't think will command like a, a huge, a huge amount, but yeah, I could see them going that way and trying to get some veteran presence as well as maybe like some upside and not necessarily target it early in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's kind of a, a point, right, that they haven't been in in terms of Lynch and Shanahan, right, in, in terms of their tenure, like, being, are they, are they still in the mindset that they want to compete now? And, like, right, do they do they feel like they're going to put Lance in there and they were just back for another run, right, and we're going to try and kind of keep the same core group that we've got together and, and focus on being the best possible team that we're we can be in 2022 right and that's when we're going to make our run or are they going to mentally make the shift that like okay we, we know that we're transitioning to a young quarterback this year probably isn't going to be our year right we need to start looking ahead two three years down the future uh when when lance has a, ch- a chance to potentially settle in and, and really kind of find his footing and and so I think, yeah, if, if you're looking to compete now, the free agent route that they've gone makes sense, right? Like go find somebody that, that can be just competent. We know that as long as they don't get a, a, a shit ton of injuries up along the defensive line, like they can just stick decent pieces on the back end and, and make it work, right? And, and so I think 
that would be more the direction that that they would take i think if they're looking to compete now if they do think more long i think yeah you're looking at the draft right like let's bring in more young players let's not waste money let's start to build up maybe some uh cap savings that we can roll into future years right once our quarterback's in a better spot and we're ready to make another run i just feel like especially this season their insistence on playing josh norman it shows that they they really do value that that veteran presence for whatever it's worth, even if that veteran presence is is good enough for a peanut puncher or a PI, and and it's just you know it, it feeds into some of those trust issues, and I think that with the variability that we know that comes with like not super elite corner play, like Jalen Ramsey is going to be Jalen Ramsey and he's going to be good, um, but but other some corners might have a good year and then they might have a bad year, and and I think if if hopefully they throw spaghetti. At, or they throw spaghetti against the wall and it's, you know, that that corner that didn't have a great year because of the system or whatever. And then he's coming in and now and now he's good. I think they should throw resources at the problem. But yeah. who knows? Um, when you think of of players to resign, the 49ers free agents, Lakin Tomlinson, DJ Jones, Arden Key, Jaquaski Tart. Are you keeping all of them? Are you keeping none of them? Which ones are <laughs> you keeping? uh the cheap ones i mean i think as is always right the the answer is it depends it depends on what the cost is and it it depends what else is available there and uh i i think any one of those players would be worth bringing back at the right price right i think maybe you're starting to be uh, a little wearisome bringing tart back just because of the injuries and and the time that he's missed and and all that And, and you're just like ready to move on and find something different there but uh yeah i i wouldn't be opposed to bringing any one of those players back if it's at the right cost right if you're getting good value out of that spot but if if suddenly you know i don't which i don't think will happen necessarily but like for instance if arden key somebody was like oh wow he looks like the player you know that that was a first round talent at lsu like let's throw some money at him like you're not going to match that right just to keep him again you've shown that you can bring in uh players at that position that are kind of under the radar and and because of good coaching because of the players that you're going to surround him with like you can get more out of uh, just like readily available type of players right and so i think that's kind of the the thing that you're looking for there but i wouldn't yeah stretch i don't think you know there's there's any of those guys there that you're like we need to have him back no matter what it, let's say that arden key's contract comes in at somewhere near carry Hyder level well he signed a two-year uh, $6.8 million contract with about 3.6 mil guaranteed. So an average of three and a half mil a year. You sign an Arden key for three and a half million a year. I don't know. I feel like that's the bar. I feel like that's, that's, that's the line where it starts to feel yeah. a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like it worked. He worked well in the system. He's rushing from the inside. I mean, that's he, another guy who, who rushed from the inside, but like that's the $3.4 million area where I start to feel a little uncomfortable. Um, DJ Jones, another player that I love, but I, I think you've got a player, especially if you keep Eric Armstead at three technique, move Ken Lotta nose tackle. His knees can't handle 70 snaps a game. Guess what? Yep. Have him play 30 snaps a game. Move him the nose tackle. You solve that problem. You have first round talent at nose tackle. You keep Armstead at the position where he's incredibly valuable. Uh, you know, maybe you've got to find, maybe this is why you go, you know, pass rusher in, in the first round. Maybe it's even a more of a stout player. Um, although I still think they need to go speed, but you know, you've got options on that defensive line. Yeah. If you let DJ Jones go, I, I think DJ Jones has played himself into a nice contract and good for him. I'm all for players getting their money. I just don't know that if he gets into that kind of like, you know, 
four, five, six million dollars a year that that you have to you have to pay that money. Don't yeah, don't pay nose tackles a lot of money. Like go find another one. Again, it's yeah. it's a part time player. Yeah. Um so yeah, so I again right price, love to keep him. But I do think that Kinlaw could probably play nose tackle. And you know what? Maybe that may be where he's better suited. I don't yeah. think that's the case, but <laughs> but who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Um now Jaquaski Tart's interesting because you, I think people are still high on Tavares Moore. Apparently, his contract tolls because of his injury. So he was set to be uh, a free agent this year, and he is now no longer going to be a free agent, which I have to do more digging on that front. So it's a little weird to me. I, I don't think injuries typically get contracts to toll, but Mayoko told me, and he's one of the mats I trust. And and he, you know, but I, I do think that Tart is like, again, similar thing, right price. He's a good safety and he's probably the best safety that the Niners when you look at Tavares Moore who's a little unproven and untested and Talano Hufanga who who knows what he may be but this year in spot duty w- despite the flashies pl- the flat the flashy plays and the fact that he operates at a very high frequency uh, did not play super well as a coverage defender yeah right I mean yeah he is he is not a guy that you want to be uh, uh, somebody that's covering people on a regular basis, right? And and yeah, I think Tart like it's tough with him because there are definitely some plays that he makes that are very good, but he is also prone to like dropping some ugly footballs plays. in the yeah. NFC Championship game. I mean, look, like yeah, that one's is brutal, and and you feel for him there. Uh, but that's not even right. The the stuff that you worry about, it's it's like that's kind of a freakish thing, and, and you're you're more worried about busking assignments and and not really always being in the right place and and also he's just not too much of of a playmaker i feel like too which is something they yeah. just really need like he's he had a you know i, I think you think of immediately like the one-handed interception that he had uh, the carolina panthers back. back in what 20 a yeah. few years back that was like 2015 2016 oh sh- are you serious i think that may have been shanahan's f- it was it was the week one against carolina if that wasn't like that had to have been either Shanahan's first year. Uh, it wasn't Tom Sula's first year. It wasn't Chip Kelly's first year. So it must have been. Only uh, years. <laughs> yeah, Shanahan, Shanahan's year. So yeah, I mean, that, that was that was Look, that was some time ago. Yeah, and and if I guess if that's as far back as you got to reach to find the the one play, the first play that pops to mind, right? Like, yeah, I just don't think he's a big difference maker, right? And he's not good enough. Like, you can live with that if they're so sound and they do the basic stuff right that they're just always there and and they do the little things correctly and you don't have to worry about the mistakes and stuff and and i just don't think he's really like that like he's just you know he's an okay safety but uh i i certainly would not go out of my way to pay him a lot of money and the last one before we get to uh some other bigger questions is i think k1 williams is also going to be a free agent now cooper cup basically roasted the 49ers <laughs> every single time they played them. And the, the, the Niners were indeed 2-1 and one against the Rams, sure, but that one hurt. And in every single game, Cooper Cup had over 100 yards. And, I mean, we, we you, you could see a slot fades coming a mile away. And we talked all year about how K1 Williams does some things very, very well as a zone defender, as a run defender. Um, I mean, hell, he was playing, you know, effectively in the box and, and some linebacker when the Niners were, were thin at linebacker. So there are lots of things that he can do. But, you know, he is, in football terms, approaching geriatric age. My man's taking some calcium pills, is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> like, much like me, 
got got told by my doctor to, get, to take some calcium pills because shin splints suck. And uh, and so you've got you've got him. And and if you're operating under the Bill Walsh philosophy of you know rather be a year early than a year late, is this a year early where you go find another nickel? And if you do. Will if that nickel is is Diamond or Lenore, or if that nickel is someone else at free agent, uh, or that that comes in in free agency, are they going to be as good as K1 Williams and as Simon sound as him? Yeah, I, so I, I think I think you probably want to be a year too early with K1, and and I think the reason is, and it depends a lot, right, on on where D'Amico wants to take this defense, right, and kind of where he sees this thing going. If they want to continue to be a team that that plays man coverage, especially in crucial situations, I think you've got to start to look elsewhere. And and even if you're just if you're going to, I think the direction they've been going is is less into what K1 Williams does well. When when they first got started right with Sala and they brought K1 in, what they were doing defensively at that time with the heavy cover three stuff, like that fit into his skill set. A lot more right because he wasn't having to to frequently carry receivers downfield and and get involved on the vertical pass game stuff he he could be i mean where he's always kind of been best is up around the line of scrimmage right he's he's going to be a factor on screens he's going to be a factor in the run game all that kind of stuff and and that he got to do pretty much every snap right early on and they've just kind of been slowly progressing more and more away from that stuff and and when you get into more man coverage when you get into the quarter stuff that they've been doing and start getting into more match heavy principles like he's not very good at that right he's not somebody that's gonna be overly sticky i think to to receivers when he's effectively having to man them up and and so yeah i think if that's the direction you want to go which i would love to see them continue to move that direction right and stay with that path uh defensively like i I think you probably want to start to look somewhere else and and find a different skill set for that slot corner and i do think that slot corner for whatever reason they, they don't get as much money as yeah. some of the outside corners. And and I would say that especially when you have Cooper Cup in a division uh, and and the, the, God, defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams with their 19 fans at the parade, then you you probably are going to want some some real strong help along the interior at, at that defensive back spot. And, you know, we, we I think that they're, uh, man, I really, I really wanted Mike Hilton. I really did. The Niners wouldn't yeah. have been able to afford him and they, I don't know that they were going to throw that many resources, but... I feel like that's you can get some real value at nickel cornerback in the NFL. So hopefully they yep. that's an area that they target. All right, David, now your favorite question. Garoppolo's legacy is a 49er. What is it? Do mediocre players get legacies? Yeah. I mean Jeff Garcia certainly believes so. I mean, I wouldn't agree with anything that Jeff Garcia says. So <laughs> Just, I, I actually do think, speaking of Jeff Garcia, that like there's there's a there's obviously you know I mean Steve Young and, and Joe Montana are in a class of their own not only some of the best quarterbacks for the 49ers but in the history of the game and then there's this kind of pocket of quarterbacks that are like good and and depending on I guess like you I think you'd put Wyatt Tittle in that in that realm as well like a lot of people don't remember ever watching them play so they don't get a lot of the same pub as as Montana like, but yeah get Wyatt Tittle the so, fuck out of here. But but I do think that you know Garoppolo to me is in the same area as like Colin Kaepernick, and maybe even Jeff Garcia as like quarterbacks that had some really good stretches, some stretches that got them deep into the playoffs and maybe even to a Super Bowl. Although I think 
Jeff Garcia, the, the deepest he got was a divisional round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and, and ultimately were flawed for one reason or another. And those flaws held the team back in, in some key situations. And so it's like, you know, that's, that's the pocket of quarterbacks I would put them in. Right, which is is the vast majority of quarterbacks, right? Like on that bell curve, like they're somewhere in the middle. And and it's just, yeah, I, I think you're always looking for, in an ideal world, like you're looking for one of those top guys, right, that are true difference makers. And I think, um, yeah, he proved that he's just not that, right? And, and I think he's he's kind of proved that, yeah, he's like a lot of the, the other guys uh, that you mentioned there. Like when things are great around them, they have enough talent and enough ability to be able to go out and succeed and you can win some games with them, right? And, but it's it's more those situations where, okay, now suddenly guys are hurt or, you know, whatever is going on and you need that quarterback to be able to step up and kind of elevate the guys around him and and you just don't have that, right? He's not going to make plays that aren't there for him or, or that his skill position players aren't like kind of, you know, really helping him out on. And and so, yeah, I think not consistently that's kinda... anyway, like he does it sometimes, exactly. but but it's not, not consistently well, enough to be counted on. It, right. And, and consistency is, is the huge thing, right? Because nobody makes it to, I mean, I guess very few players make it to the NFL level if they don't have some of that in the bag, right? Like there, there's something there somewhere that, that made somebody to uh, believe that they can do that sometimes. Right. And, and so it's, can you do it often enough to make a difference and to, to be able to actually rely on that? And so, yeah, I mean, we saw, right, I think even in the 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 Super Bowl, right, that was such a big difference. Just those plays that that the Rams and Stafford were able to make downfield uh, were huge difference makers. And so if you have a quarterback that can do that and, and can kind of elevate the guys that are uh, around you and, and be able to just, you know, know that, you know, it, for instance, you know, when whenever you have Rodgers back there, you have Brady or whoever it is, like, you know that kind of, no matter what happens, like you're going to be competitive just because that person is out there and, and you're going to be decent offensively. And, and so like there are not a lot of those guys, obviously, but that's what you're, you're trying to move towards. And that's what, when you take somebody like Trey Lance, you're hoping that, that he becomes that. And, and I think that we, we certainly hope that Garoppolo was going to be that early on. It looked like he might be, and, and it just turned out that he wasn't. Jimmy Garoppolo is eighth all time on the 49ers passing list. You've got Joe Montana, John Brody, Steve Young, this Jeff Garcia. yards? Yardage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has 11,162 uh, yards. He did it in 46 games. Colin Kaepernick is just above him. 12,271 yards in 69 games. Nice. Uh, but yeah, both, uh, both top 10, incidentally, just above Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith, 80 games. Uh, at uh, fourteen thousand yards, but that's uh, you know, that's sure they're they're they will be remembered by lots of people as a quarterback of the 49ers. They are not going to go the way of maybe I don't know Elvis Gerback, whom I remember fondly. But Nick Mullins. lots of people. Uh, <laughs> CJ Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is twelfth on the all-time passing list, just after Steve Spurrier uh, and Steve DeBerg. But uh, yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's legacy is going to be one who's like he was a fun player for uh, a little bit. And we thought he he it's it's funny that when Shanahan started his regime, he needed a bridge quarterback, his bridge quarterback to his elite quarterback. And, and we thought Brian Hoyer was going to be that quarterback. Turns out 
Jimmy Garoppolo was that quarterback. <laughs> like he was the bridge quarterback that he needed to put some like a good team around and build up and then go and get your young upstart superstar. And we all hope that Trey Lance is that superstar. But yeah, it was uh, it was a fun ride. It was a great ride. But I think the team was right to try to upgrade because you, yeah, you can't tell totally. me that you watch that that Buffalo Kansas City game and think to yourself, we're like, gonna do that. Yeah, this like and and we all knew that it, like because of the quarterbacks in the AFC, there was always a chance the Niners, if they did make the Super Bowl, could get smoked. Like Kansas City, Buffalo, even Joe Burrow seemed to figure it out in the second half against 49ers just because yeah. of their quarterback. You know, it's it's a good idea to go and chase that because that's how you win games in the NFL. And I guess that leads us to the, the final 49er related question here. Is is the team set up for success into the future? I mean, this is this is the forward looking question, right? God damn it. We have, it, we, we we really got to do this one. I, mean, uh, I I yeah I mean I uh, think so because I think that that they're uh, they have a lot of pieces that are that that they got right. I think they have you know a head coach that I mean hell if Zach Taylor can make it to the freaking Super Bowl and, and Shanahan can make you know a a a breath away basically from being there again. Um, I think the coaching staff is good enough to do it. I think they they seem to find enough coaches to be able to do it. I mean, even with the brain drain that the Niners have had, I feel like they're still in a good spot. Um, do you want Shanahan to be better in some key situations and game management stuff? Absolutely. Um, but I do think that, that they're still a good enough team to be in contention year in, year out, just like, you know, even Seattle was for a long time, even though their offensive line was, you know, complete trash and their offensive line coach was garbage. Um, every team's going to have their little thing, but I think they've got an owner who can finally step out of the way. Um, you know, they're not over here with Steven Ross or with, uh, with Snyder or with whomever it seems like Jedi York has finally figured that piece out. Um, they've got good skill position players. They have a quarterback who we hope is going to be good, but you know, we'll see how that plays out. And, and so I think that, you know, it, it does really hinge upon whether or not Trey Lance is going to be good. Um, and if he is, I That's, think then this team's going to be set up for fine for, for, for years, maybe even 10 years and be fine. And if he's not, I don't think Shanahan's going to have a job in three years, at least not with the 49ers, someone else will snatch him up. But, but I think it all, it all hinges on whether or not Shanahan shot his shot correctly. You know, we talk about safeties and, and guards and whatever, but all that doesn't matter if Shanahan and Lynch got Trey Lance wrong. Um, and I, you know, who knows if, if you got it right or wrong, but a lot of the pieces are there for the 49ers to be really successful as long as they hit this thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's absolutely all comes to that. And, and I think that's kind of why, I mean, I, I hate that this is kind of a thing that, uh, they're running around cause I, I don't feel good about it. Um, I don't, and I don't want that to be kind of one of the last things that, that we talked about here, but yeah, I, I, I think that's, uh, the tough thing going forward is because yeah, if if Lance is good, then absolutely they 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 have a structure in place to be able to continue to to you know make these playoff pushes and and be at least competitive you know, and if he really hits, then then you're talking about pushing over that hump um and and maybe getting the Super Bowl in here at some point. I just I don't I don't see it. I don't think that he's, I think it was a mistake. Like I thought it was a mistake at the time and I don't really feel any better having watched him play at the NFL level. And, and maybe like, you know, again, there, there were a lot of reasons that he could have looked the way that he did during the season. 
uh, and still come out and and be able to turn things around. But like it was ugly, like for a lot of the snaps that he, we saw him out there. And so yeah, I think he he just doesn't make me feel good about that quarterback position that they figured that out. And, and I think that makes it tough to think that they are going to have some sort of sustained success. Yeah, there there are two things that that I think about a lot. One, I think about the fact that you really hated Justin Herbert when he was coming out. That is not true. That is 100% true. You when we watched when we watched film on Justin Herbert. I was saying you, you Justin Herbert clips like when he was a junior. The seam benders, the seam benders sure, but then he had a senior year and and you were just like, "Ah, oh, he's not going to be good. He can only throw the seam and that's that." And I remember very very vividly. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Like I didn't have, you know, I still don't know as much about that stuff as as you do. But um, but he's really good. And, yeah, and but his and, and, and even the issues that he had in college, right? When you look at, at his final season in college and and what he kind of you know didn't do that you would have liked to have seen, like it's still a completely different conversation to the things that Trey Lance needs to figure out. Like, sure. But my, my point though, is that there is, there is a lot of unknown when it comes to quarterback picking and quarterback development. And, and yeah, I mean, we, we talked about our preferences when we did the, the preseason, you know, kind of scouting, right. We all, we, we both like Justin Fields better. Um, and, and we liked what he brought to the table because of his accuracy um, and there's lots of things to talk about how accuracy is more stable and it's more repeatable and, and that's what the quarterback can control. We all know these things. But um, the 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 one thing I think that that I that I hope everyone if we like and I guess we'll transition into some of like the the you know bigger picture stuff that I hope we did over the 10 years that we've done this pod, right? Is that th- there are al- always check your priors, always check yourself, right? I have no idea if he's gonna be good. I don't necessarily think he's going to be great but don't let that single thing like blind you to the fact that he could be good i'm not saying that's what david's doing at all um but but i do think that if he is going to be good like check yourself and ask yourself is he good or is he bad and keep asking yourself that question um and he may be good he may be bad who the hell knows but there are lots of times where we get it wrong um and there and hopefully shanahan gets it right and honestly if he doesn't if he can get nick mullen's level performance out of him for a couple of years (laughs) float those first round picks and then you know try to do something else who knows man maybe he'll be the the head coach of the the whatever team's going to pay him a lot of money and then then we won't have to worry about it anymore but um but yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like yeah i I don't know that he's going to be good but just who knows man people get this quarterback thing wrong all the time um and maybe he goes the alex smith route and he's bad for two years and then he's good for a third year and he's fine after that um or he's josh allen another quarterback you hated uh, and Josh Allen is still inconsistent as all holy get out. But man, he's good enough to throw haymakers against Mahomes. You know, Look, even I'm on not some good about days. to get into fucking Josh Allen on this this last <laughs> podcast. Get the fuck out of here! Uh, un- unbelievable. Josh oh, Allen still is fucking terrible. Anyway, all I'm saying is it's it's lots it's it's okay. Of course there, there, it I is. Think there, yeah, there are of lots course of, it's all like I mean that's that's never that's like always the assumed thing, right? Like you're you're trying to everything that that we do is is like uh, that caveat at the front, like hey, like we just you know you need more information most of the time. Like most of the time, you are are kind of venturing into this unknown that is just like yeah yeah we're all kind of just guessing, but what we're also trying to do is like make the best possible guess that we can with the information that we have and the information we have right now 
on Trey Lance is that he doesn't throw the football very well. And that's kind of where we're at. And, and so, yes, absolutely right. Like, maybe that changes. Maybe it improves significantly. Maybe it takes a few seasons for that to happen. Like, all of these things absolutely on the table uh, just doesn't necessarily make you feel great right now. Like, if if you had to put odds on it, right, if you're going to bet on it, like, it's not the best odds is what I think is where my feeling is right now that he's yep. going to end up doing that. And that's that's all that I'm saying. Yeah, no, and I think that's totally fair. And I think that that uh, that degree of nuance, hopefully, um, is uh, is what we leave in 49er land at some point uh, is is, you know, taking a look at something critically, taking a look at something. And and, and the, I think I, I retweeted something earlier today and it was like the I think it was from Charles McDonald who talked about uh, how every every content take has to be elevated from the one before. And everything has to be this. This person is is Hall of Fame level because he won a Super Bowl. And this person, oh my God! And like everything, it has to be like a uh, a stronger heroin drip of content in order to get seen. Um, and it's like, don't like fight that. Don't do that. You know, um, try to try to find some nuance. It's okay for Jimmy Garoppolo to do some good things, and also not be like the answer overall. It's okay yes. for him to have, uh, you know, a, a be a part of a solid team stat like EPA. And, and not necessarily be the person who drives that in all instances, right? Um, people can be average. Players can perform okay. And that's all right, you know? Um, I think that if, if we've left hopefully any mark on the thing that is the, the landscape of 49er talk and analysis is like, like, try to figure out the why. And it's okay if that why is noise. And, and it doesn't always have to have a reason. Um, and sometimes it's just luck. And sometimes it's not. And it's, and it's good to try to differentiate between the two. Yeah, I mean, we're we're all just out here like trying to to make the best guesses that we can at the end of the day. And it's just like, you know, some of those are more informed than others, but that's all it is. Yeah. Um any any other final words you want to say now after 10 years of uh of talking to this microphone? God. On the spot like that. I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's been uh tough to get to this moment, for sure. Like it it's been uh, something that that's been on my mind for a long time. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a really tough decision to make and, and to, to decide that like, yeah, maybe this isn't something that, uh, is in my best interest to kind of continue doing for the long term. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know really where where to go from there. But it's it's just been a tough decision. It's something that I'm gonna miss and something I'm really sad about. And uh, but ultimately, yeah, I do think it is. Uh, it is probably for the best. I have enjoyed this more than a lot of things in my life over the last ten years. Um, I have had wonderful conversations and met lots of awesome people all over the internet and the world. I was in Mexico for a vacation, saw someone in a Niners jersey, said hello, and they were like, shit, are you Oscar from the podcast? And I was like, yeah. Um, like, it's, it's, been, it's been crazy. Um, and, you know, lots of people, even, even in the Discord right now, people are talking about, like, all those guys. Super fucking cool. I've met up, had beers with lots of people. Um, the, the community that has been created um, through fandom um, and the people that have listened to us for years, I will never not be grateful for the support and everything, every message, every joke, every 
every Photoshop edit that we get, um, someone, remember someone uh, sketched a picture of us, like as part of like an art project? Um, like, you know, it, like it's been, it's been one hell of a ride and, and I, I've had friendships and, and, and all of that stuff is really fun. I've learned a metric buck ton about football. Um, I was listening again, I was listening to some of the earlier stuff and it's like, I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. I still don't know what I'm talking about half the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, you know, but, but I've learned a lot and hopefully you guys have, have learned a little bit on that journey with us. Um, that's always I think what I come back to is hopefully we've made, um, you know, hopefully people are a little bit smarter after having listened to us bullshit for 10 years. Um, that would be the biggest gift I think for me, um, outside of honestly, um, you know, and we're about to get real fucking cheesy here and put it on recording and everything. But, um, getting a best friend through it all. Um, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, we knew each other when we just started, we did, we were coworkers is what it was. And you were a Niner fan and that was that. Um, and uh and over 10 years um i mean you know i like i was in your wedding we have daughters that are a day apart um unplanned (laughs) even our cycles matched david even our cycles matched (laughs) um but at the end of this 10-year run um you know i got a best friend out of it and that's the that's that's the best thing i could ask for i mean it's it's wild to think about how much has changed in that time, like in, in the time that we've been doing this podcast, like, I mean, yeah, when we first started, I was, you know, just coming back from deployment and, and the whole army experience for me was a different thing. And, and a lot of what it was, was kind of realizing that, um, I had done, I'd made a lot of mistakes to lead to that point, right. To the point where suddenly now I'm, I'm, uh, in the military and I'm getting deployed to Afghanistan and and that's kind of where my life is at right now, which is not something that I ever envisioned that I was going to be doing. And, and so I kind of like made the decision during that to, to not spend time, you know, any longer like doing things that I didn't want to do. Um, and, and like that I didn't love to do. And I, I wanted to figure out a way to make football, which was like the, the one thing that I just like always kind of relied on. Right. And always kind of fell into whenever I was like the worst times of my life, like football was kind of the thing that, that helped get me through it. And, and so it was just like, yeah, I, I wanted to figure out a way to like make that my job. Right. And, and I did, (laughs) and, and it was kind of wild, like to, to make that happen. And it definitely would not have happened without doing the podcast and, and having to, you know, go through the process of like all the things that we would talk about and think about and, you know, starting to write articles for Niners nation and everything that that did. And, and just like, yeah, like to, to eventually find a spot to where it was like, I was in a, a job that I could have made a career out of in football and, and been very happy with that was, was a pretty cool thing that, uh, yeah, I I wasn't always necessarily sure that I would achieve and like, uh, but it was something that I wanted a lot. And, and then at the same time, like life changes a lot and it changes in a hurry, you know, and, and getting married and having a kid changes the, the picture a little bit. And it was just, you know, this season having, games where it was just like, you know, I want to be able to watch 
and enjoy those games with my daughter, with you. Like we don't even get to watch games together because we do the podcast afterwards. And, uh, you know, you kind of got to be locked. At least I do like the way that I watch it and to be able to go get on the podcast afterwards and, and feel confident about what I'm talking about. Like I got to be locked in like, and, and so I, I watch these games alone away from my wife and kid and, and away from you. And, uh, it's just not something I want to do anymore. Like I want to, I want to enjoy those with you and with my daughter and, and, uh, be able to have those moments and, and not worry about, am I going to go on a podcast and say some dumb shit, you know, an hour I after I don't the know. Game? And so I don't know if I have the ability to watch a game like a normal human anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. It's... I, I literally like when people want to come over and watch football, I'm like on a, on a, on a bye week. When, when I don't have to, when I don't have to watch the Niners, it's been, it's been wild, man. It's been crazy, but it's, it's, it's been one fuck of a ride. Um, I will say that. And, and now I've got to maybe find a new hobby. Um, that it's going to take some time because I don't do well with, uh, with idle hands. I guess I'll lean into that coffee life a little bit more, maybe get some, some more bow ties some mustache Man, wax it only be a matter of time before our girls are like we're hauling them off to practices and recitals and whatever the fuck else they're gonna be doing and yeah it'll it's gonna be great i'm gonna i'm already getting my uh i mean we've already started with our uh our premier league mornings you know we're gonna we're gonna figure out some some soccer tactics we're gonna work on it we're gonna figure it out um but yeah all right i think uh i think that's it man I think that's it. That, that is All it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, it's like I'm trying to figure out like the, the only thing I can think of to end is is the, the final call sign because it's like, you know, I mean, I guess you can still follow me on Twitter. I'll probably still be an idiot on there every now and again. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, for the final time for the Better Rivals podcast, thanks again for tuning in for the last 10 years. Uh, and even if you haven't, if this is your, if this is your first one, Man, welcome. Goodbye. Go back. Uh, and either which way. Yeah, and either which way. Uh, as always, go Niners. <laughs>